a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, I got to sit down with Andy Chaplin. He is one of the co-hosts of the Paranormal Peep Show in the UK. Uh, it's a fantastic program over there, ran, of course, with Neil Geddes Ward, who we've also already had on the show. Uh, it's wonderful to talk to Andy. He has such a wide variety of topics that he's interested in. We go into paranormal entities, ghosts, uh, mediumship, a little bit of UFOs and Slenderman and, uh, you know, entities and all this cool stuff, man. I mean, talking to Andy is great. And we go down some really deep spiritual rabbit holes as well. So it's got a little bit of everything. He's a wonderful talk to. You guys will really enjoy this episode. So without any further ado, Andy Chaplin. All right, gang, welcoming to the show. It is good friend, Andy Chaplin. How are you today, buddy? Pretty good, Brandon. How are you? Every day above ground is a great one, man. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, so, Andy, you are the one of the co-hosts of the Paranormal Peep Show over there in the UK. Uh, you guys gave me the honor of being a guest on your show. I was extremely grateful. That was a lot of fun, man. We had a good time. It was, yes. And I, I think um, from memory, we're pretty much on the same wavelength with uh, quite a few things, politically, spiritually, and all of that jazz. That's what it sounds like, man. As we were having our conversation, I went deeper and deeper into more spiritual things, and that was something I am always, always grateful to talk about. Uh, there has been this Higher Self Expo that I've been releasing episodes for, and I had a few of the guests on, which is very, very cool. Uh, I would love to get a few of them in touch with you guys over there so y'all can have a couple on as well. It's fantastic, man. It's very, very deep. All these people are incredible. So, um, Besides the Paranormal People Show, man, and for my audience that doesn't know too much about you, if you don't mind, just uh, let us know a little bit about yourself, brother. Okay, so um, I started off with a lot of woo-woo type experiences when I was younger, and that led me into a fascination with all things paranormal, um, but I kind of... It kind of intrigued me, but scared me at the same time. So I, I, I shut it down, basically, up until around about the year 2000. Uh, that point, I kind of joined a couple of spiritualist churches and um, wanted to develop psychically, basically. I kind of uh, this, this was the height of things like Most Haunted and, and uh, kind of ghost TV shows like that. And they had a medium called Derek Akora, who's very controversial. Um, but he kind of like spurred me on into the idea of doing ghost investigations and, and mediumship. And so uh, at the spiritualist development circles, uh, we basically sit in a circle, as the name suggests, and, and try and tune in. And I found I was getting things fairly thick and fast. That sent me very much into a mediumistic level. Um, we could go into a lot of different directions with this, Brandon, because I started off very kind of fluffy clouds and rainbows and everything's angels and everything's wonderful. And then like a juggernaut, <laughs> in came a lot of other weird, <laughs> freaky shit, um, including uh, TI stuff. And for people who don't know what that's about, about uh, targeted individual stuff, which was just mind blowing. And um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, that's kind of like a very condensed version. I can go into some of the experiences that I've had um, all the way from birth to what well, up until maybe about two months ago when I had a shadow man experience. And I don't know if he, if uh, our interview that we had, I don't know if at that point it had happened or not, but it was a really intriguing one. Really intriguing one. We did. Yeah, you you brought it up on the show, but it's fascinating. My audience, I don't think, has heard it unless they've heard that interview. And you also said something about a cigarette, which I appreciate, uh, if you want to do that for us in your own words. So go ahead and tell us your story, mate. I remind me of the cigarette. Uh, you called it a fag, and we don't call it that oh, yes, over here. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and right. so you said, well, for my American audience, you know, uh, cigarettes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I do I'm remember good. that. Yeah, good call on that, man. It's a little bit of a touchy subject, uh, that word in particular. But it means it something indeed. different over there, and we are uh, culturally embrace, embracing over here. <laughs> so it's all good, brother. So tell us about your shadow man, man. That's That was cool. Okay, so I've had a lot of odd things happening um, over the years, and really not much has been happening for the past, I'd say, 10 or 15 years. Not, not that significant, really. 
Um, but uh, this one particular time was about two months ago. And um, something that I've noticed when things were properly woo-woo, which we might get into a bit later on, but they seem to be accompanied with helicopters and they seem to be accompanied with like earth-based human physical reality, weird things happening. And one thing that I was noticing way back in kind of like year 2000 to 2005, that was my proper weird moment in life. Um, when I was getting odd stuff happening, I was getting a lot of helicopter activity and you can kind of think, oh, well, maybe it's just, uh, and this was two o'clock in the morning. You could kind of think, oh, maybe it's just kind of like a, a police search for a missing person, or maybe there's a robbery happening or something like that. But I was noticing it was happening like two o'clock in the morning for about five days in a row. And you just kind of think, well, how many missing people are there at two o'clock in the morning, five days in a row? How many, how many burglaries are happening where they need a helicopter in the air for, you know, uh, for five days in a row? And I was, I was, I was sitting there because I I'm a bit of a night owl and I'm watching TV and um, I'm up till late and I'm noticing two o'clock is back again. This bloody thing's buzzing back again. And it was an actual physical buzzing helicopter. This is relevant because with the Shadow Man incident, I was off on a little walk and I wasn't thinking woo-woo or paranormal, but I was off on a little walk in a field and I just happened to notice this helicopter buzzing around and it seemed to be buzzing around the field that I was walking in. And again, logically, and I think it's really important to always go to the rational and logical first before jumping in with anything uh, woo-woo and, and, and supernatural. I was thinking, oh, yeah, here we go. So missing person. And my my, uh, my worry was, con my concern was maybe they're looking for like a, a um, uh, what's the word? Um, a bad person, criminal, <laughs> maybe a yeah, criminal on the yeah, run. Yeah, like a criminal, yeah. And uh, may, maybe I was going to be confronted with police dogs and police vans and that kind of thing, but that didn't happen. But it seemed to be kind of like circling the field and following me. I carried on walking and I was um, heading towards the river and I noticed it was kind of like going where I was going. <laughs> so it was kind of seemed to be tracking me in a weird way, um, but it was doing it in a very wide kind of berth. Coming along the river, um, this is quite a remote part, so there are towns nearby, but this is a quite countrified part. I was sat at a bench. This helicopter, I kid you not, there's a beautiful lake in front of me, starts hovering around the lake where I'm sat. And it's kind of, at one point, it was sat there buzzing, almost looking at me, on the, kind of above the water, uh, probably about 200 meters ahead just looking at me and i'm just thinking do i look like a missing person do i like if i was a criminal wouldn't i be hiding in a in a hedge or kind of like running away what what, what possible um business have they got kind of buzzing me um and then it kind of like took me back to the weird woo woo stuff in around about year 2000 2005 and i thought oh okay so i sat there it was beginning beginning to get dark and i noticed to the right of me there was like a shape that kind of like moved in and that was very much corner of the eye thing so it wasn't square on and i wasn't expecting anything strange i was just expecting like a dog or a fox or a human or something like that but the weird thing is a it made no sound it just came in i couldn't quite recognize it and then it zipped off again and i kind of looked around and there's absolutely nothing there and thought hmm a bit strange um because it, it was it seemed to be too small to be an actual human and too big to be like a dog or a fox it was kind of in between so I just ignored it. I just put it down to, I don't know, God knows what it was, monk, jack, deer, who knows. Um, so then I got up, carried on walking down uh, the river. Uh, the helicopter had gone by this point. I circled around because I do like a big loop. And I was walking along this particular river bank. And as I was coming along, there's a river on the, on the right hand side and there's horse fields on the left. So there's really not many places to go walking along this was twilight not completely dark not completely light in between and i noticed uh what looked like a black kind of shadow um, silhouette of a person now there is in uh, psychological terms something called paragolia i think where your mind interprets kind of shapes and tries to make sense of them this 100 percent was not that it was a figure it was an absolute silhouette of a person again i wasn't thinking woo woo um i was thinking uh maybe uh this is where the the fag bit comes in i was thinking it was like a, a youth or something smoking a fag and for our american audience a fag is a cigarette it's not a gay person Thank it's a you. cigarette yes sir we have to delete it's just the times we live in man go ahead i know i know so uh, I thought it was somebody having a, having a cigarette um, or smoking a joint. A lot of people smoke weed um, where I am now, like everywhere you go seems to smoke weed. And I was thinking, you know, that kind of awkward situation where uh, you're, you're on your own and somebody's coming, um, you know, the other way and there's no one else around. And, you know, the awkward moment of what do you do? Do you acknowledge them? Do you say hi or kind of like that? You, you um, I, I kind of like another human being and you want to say hi and you're you're a sweetheart to everybody. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. And you're not sure if they're going to say, uh, you know, piss off or want to be left alone or whatever. And, and I was in my own little thoughts. Um, so I was walking along and I was just kind of thinking, oh, you know, I hope it's not going to be trouble. I hope there's not like a, a gang of them kind of like wanting trouble. I got there, got closer and closer. This this black silhouette was kind of like started to move um, away from me slightly. And the weird thing was um, where the, the river was, the other side of that is a road and you get cars coming and the headlights shine. And sometimes you can get kind of uh, shadows uh, kind of moving as the headlights go. And I was trying to work out whether this thing was moving in comparison to car headlights or my own shadow is my own shadow casting it. And I was kind of moving, but it wasn't, it was going on its own little volition. I, I got towards it and I kid you not, it was about adult size, full human body. It was moving like a human. It melted into the metal fence as I got there. <laughs> it just melted. There was nothing there. And I was I, I, at that point kind of like it suddenly dawned on me. Actually, this is not physical human reality. This is woo woo stuff. And then I was thinking, well, what was that shape at the lake? And what was the helicopter? Um, I didn't feel threatened. It didn't feel like it was a threatening being um whether it was spirit or whether a lot of my friends seem to think it was et related i don't know i don't have any missing time as far as i know but i carried on walking and i kind of like i just thought in my mind okay that was nice and i, I looked back and there was nothing there literally nothing there um so that that was the first experience and uh, of, of anything properly woo woo for about 15 years wow What's the, have you have you ever had something like in the movies just run up when you're on a like a ghost investigation or anything like that and just run up and scare the hell out of you like on the movies or is, that's that's all Hollywood stuff right or does that happen in real life? Uh, do you know what um, I used to think that anything that Hollywood uh, produced in terms of uh, scary movies and horror and that kind of thing was just pure Hollywood but the more I watch kind of uh, shows like yourselves and things like the confessionals and real ghost stories and things like that and speaking to guests on paranormal peep show the more i realize there's a lot of truth based in a lot of things and uh, in terms of anything running up to me no in terms of things trying to scare me yes in, in terms of things trying to invade my dreamscape yes um yeah there's a lot of there's, there's, there's a lot of proper weird things i'll tell you what else i'm noticing brandon which is absolutely astounding um we have kind of like fictional made up uh beasts on 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 hollywood things like kind of like the slender man and things like that okay so slender man is is kind of like a i don't know how far it dates back but i think it's back to either the 1990s or the 1980s yeah he's not it that like old comic. it's relatively it's not that old. yeah 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 but we're getting reports of some people swearing blind that they see these slender man uh or or, or wraith or rake type beings and I'm just wondering, is there some kind of strange consciousness that's tapping into human psyche, tapping into human subculture, dragging out images of what we find scary and kind of presenting itself as that? I think this is an awesome <laughs> idea. This absolutely is possible, right? Because if you think of the the tulpas, the thought forms, like that's all that is. Like you create that every time you have a thought about something crazy, it just manifests in some reality, rather this one or another one. That's the idea anyway. So if you're talking about people who like spend a lot of time and energy coming up with a character or a demon or a villain for a story, like a horror movie, something like that, then yeah, it's going to already be imbued with emotional energy and power from a human being creating that. So yeah, then... If, if that could then be a tulpa or a thought form that manifests in reality in some way, then one would think that there could be an equally awesome entity that would be able to tap into your psyche and then bring that to life for you in whatever way that manifests as well. I mean, because these things pop out either just in your mind's eye or maybe in physical reality. The side of the eye thing is really interesting. I was talking to my nephew about this. He swears he keeps seeing somebody in the hallway over here. Uh, it's kind of scaring the shit out of me. I haven't seen it. Um, and I asked him <laughs> not to talk about it because I'm not, a you know, I, like, I think it's interesting. I don't really care for to think something standing there that I can't see that he can yeah. see. Um, anyway, but yes, I, I think the idea of an entity uh, that can um, pull things from your thoughts and then dick with you in some way about it, I think that's pretty cool, man. That's a that's a cool thought experiment. 
Yeah, the, the, the Topol idea, again, I'm not quite sure how old this, this concept is or where it comes from, but it's it's something I've come across before. And when it was first expressed to me, it was really intriguing. And I think the first time I might have heard of it, um, there was a medium, mediumship seance experiment where a group of people came together and they specifically said, we don't want to contact like an, an actual spirit. We want to see if we can create our own spirit with its own story and its own background um, and it wasn't kind of like a, a blind test or a double blind test. Everyone was in on it and they knew what the, what the story was. And they actually started this Ouija board and they actually started to get through this uh, character. I think they called it John or something like that, a very kind of bland uh, uh, type name. And they actually started getting information related to this purely fictional character that they created. So there could be a few different things going on here. A, it could be purely psychological. So when they're moving the planchette, somehow their collective consciousness is doing it all in unison or they uh here's a here's a, a possibility their fictional character could actually be a real person and that real person could have been influencing them so when they're thinking of the name and the date and the how he died and that kind of thing may who knows you know they could be influenced by that or a possibility of one of these tulpas coming along and going hmm this is interesting i'm going to be this john i'm, I'm going to adopt everything to do with that and just feed it back to them um, yeah, it's kind of like a skinwalker, how it can change in anything it wants, but why wouldn't a thought form be able to do that as well? Mm, mm. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think you have a, a similar viewpoint uh, as me, Brandon, in that the human race is a lot more powerful than we think we are. Oh, yeah. And we are kind of in a prison planet where we are told we are inconsequential. So you've got religion telling you that uh, you should bow down before God and you're nothing. And you've got scientists saying you're a tiny little blip, blip in the infinite expanse of reality and, and, and the universe. And basically you're, you're nothing. Whereas what we are really in our own kind of uh worlds is we're everything we're it we are kind of like walking gods with a small g kind of thing and um i, I think we're kind of like suppressed deliberately obviously so uh what, whatever you want to call it the illuminati the cabal the the uh, deep elite can stay in control and and when we when we create things like these seances with these tulpas maybe this is a way of us expressing our full potential to create what we want to create and that's how the tulpas evolved as a yeah. possibility I love it. I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, and it's kind of like it, what what you're talking about, about p people like us, right? Because there's a lot of us out there. There's not as many as we'd like, but um, there's still a lot of us out there. But it's kind of like that uh, the Plato allegory of the cave, where there were people inside the cave, you know, being shown shadows on a wall, and they were, you know, in place or tied up or whatever. And then uh, one, though, prisoner or person in the cave decided to escape to leave. Now, the people thought that those shadows on the wall were real reality. They'd never seen anything else. So when the person leaves the cave, sees the real world in 3D and color and the sun and everything and comes back and tries to tell them about it, uh, they uh, don't believe him and they think he's crazy and they stay in the cave. This is kind of what we experience on a spiritual level as well with these kind of ideas, with these kind of thoughts, is we are the ones who have decided to question the shadows on the wall and to leave the cave. And then when you try to explain it to somebody else and until they see it for themselves, you you really can't. That's why I think people like you are incredible and discussions like this are wonderful because we get to just talk about all this cool shit. I know you call it woo-woo and I refer to that <laughs> as well, but I love it, man. I, I think that this is wonderful. So um, as far as your experiences go, how what was the catalyst for this? Like what got all this stuff started? Have you been doing this since you were a kid or is this a hereditary thing to other people in your family experience it as well? Right, I could, I could, I could rattle through it and and see what you think, really. And what I would say to the audience is that um, whether people believe it or not, they, it's completely up to them. It's not for me to kind of force people to believe it. If you want to believe it, believe it. If you don't, don't. But I do it to the best of my uh, knowledge, and and uh, I do it honestly. Uh, my family is technically Church of England background, but they're open to the psychic woo woo stuff, as I call it, very tongue in cheek, but um, that's what I call it. My grandmother has had psychic experiences. My mother has had psychic experiences is my dad's side not so much so i think i get it from my mum's side okay let's go back to uh when i was in my cot my first ever experience i must have been about two years old something like that it was it was be it would be when i was in my cot um i remember that the uh the landing light was on this was upstairs um there was a, a yellow landing light there was no one else in the room and beside my cot there was like a big teddy bear and I just remember in like a big, deep, uh, booming voice, very distinctly, hello, what's your name? Oh. <laughs> 
and this and and even at that age i thought that that was a bit wrong like i i, I knew that that shouldn't be happening kind of thing and i kind of ignored it uh, of course it's, it's such a lasting memory it's just stuck with me for years and again hello what's your name <laughs> now i don't think that that was a teddy bear talking what i think was going on what i've learned subsequently is that you know you know the kid from sixth sense okay so he has all this kind of like psychic and and uh, ghost and, and spirit type activity i think i was supposed to be on that path but it was a choice for me to kind of like run with the mediumship thing or not run with the mediumship thing i believe the voice saying hello what's my name was a spirit guide and i believe it was coming from the teddy bear as a way to get me to try and talk to the teddy bear so if you if you think you're uh, imagine you're an adult uh, and 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 you've got a child and you know you're playing with a teddy bear and you have a little conversation with the teddy bear i think spiritually that's what they were trying to get me to do because it, had i sat up and gone hello my name's andy <laughs> and started conversing with this teddy bear i think it would have gone in the direction of sixth sense i think i would have started seeing spirit guides and spirit earlier and i think it was a catalyst to try and get me on that pathway however what actually happened was i found it really freaky and i shut it down and i just closed my eyes and i just wanted it to go away go away go away go away and it did so this is why i believe it was a spirit guide because the spirit guide uh, would respect free will and would respect uh, that if you really don't want to go down that path and or you're not ready for it then you're not ready for it and they backed off and i didn't really have anything uh, of, a, of a haunted nature um, from that point on i've had deja vu so this is rolling on to around about four or five years this will be the first grade as you call it uh, of school and i had a very distinct dream the dream was i'd sent been sent to the library for being naughty i thought i wasn't particularly naughty but i sent uh, sent to the library for being naughty given some work to do and in the dream this girl with uh, long golden hair comes along. She's holding uh, uh, some plastic beakers and a water jug. She comes up to me and, she, and we have a bit of a conversation. She says, oh, have you been naughty? And I said, no, and all that kind of thing. She then walk, walks off. A very, very bizarre random dream. Two weeks later, I get sent to the library for being naughty. I didn't think I was particularly naughty. Uh, blonde haired girl appears she's holding water jugs she's holding beakers she comes up to me at this point we talk about like hair standing up on the end at this yeah. point i'm thinking this is what the hell is <laughs> she then asks am i being naughty no we have a conversation she walks off i believe that was given to me to question reality this was a church of england school everything was jesus and everything was god and everything was kind of by the bible um and yet this comes along and shakes up my reality and i think it was given to me specifically to say andy you know everything you're being taught it might not be quite as you think mm. um so yeah. that happened yeah that's pretty cool man <laughs> yeah I can go on because there's 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 a yeah, hell of a lot of stories. Yeah, man, I love I love stories like this. Go ahead. So, um, okay, so I roll on the years. Uh, we're talking around about eight, nine, ten. Um, we went to this uh, particular holiday camp. This was a short story, but it was my first, I believe, shadow man experience. Um, and it was it was at a coastal area. It was a caravan park, and there was a kind of. Um, uh, what do you call it, like a bomb shelter, concrete Second World War bomb shelter. All the kids in the local area were kind of playing there and it was a kind of a go-to place for the kids on the camp. Now, I uh, this one particular day, um, I was walking past it and I saw a shadow zip past and it was an absolute it was definitely a human shadow and it zipped past i thought oh great it's going to be one of the kids uh, you know can have a uh, uh, play i walked down there walked in hello hello nothing there completely empty it just echoed around that was a bit creepy so that was a shadow man experience um roll on a few years so actually nothing really happened from then till around about sixth form so sixth form for me um I was very much into a show called Strange But True, and anyone listening to this, uh, it's a 90s show. It's a bit cheesy with Michael Aspel, but it's a really good series called Strange But True. You'll find it on uh, YouTube and things like that. And got very into that. A friend of mine uh, got a book on ghosts in southeast England, which is where I'm from, and we decided to kind of visit various haunted locations. Uh, went to Borley Rectory, which is one of the most haunted places um, in the UK. Uh, very strange because some of the grave, is, they've got a church, and they've got a graveyard and some of the gravestones seem to be smashed and cracked 
which huh. is very odd. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really really odd. It's like someone's taken a sledgehammer and just like smashed each each um, gravestone. Um, very very strange. The actual Borley uh, rectory itself is burnt to the ground, but it was a very haunted location. Um, so we're doing a lot of that. We got chased off by the police in in a polite way, <laughs> but um, apparently the locals don't like people coming along and uh, walking around the church. So this police guard pulled up, and this was as we were just leaving, and they kind of like asked us what we we're doing. Are we okay? And we said, "Oh, we're looking for a little chef," which is kind of like a, a restaurant in the UK. And they kind of gave us a very kind of yeah, right, and then they just kind of let us go. So that you was fine. Wankers. So again, oh, I said you wankers. Yeah, you wankers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Interestingly, some some of the more negative stuff started happening around about that time. Um, so here's a here's a weird one. Now this is going to sound very Hollywood, but this is how I remember it, and it sounds very strange. Um, after the Borley Rectory um, visit and some of the ghostly kind of uh, haunted areas that we went to, I started getting sleep paralysis. So I started kind of uh, waking up, and it would always happen just before I woke up f- fully. I'd realise that were kind of like my mind was awake, and I was kind of lucid but my body wasn't and i kind of couldn't move didn't see any spooks or ghosts or um aliens or anything but it was just kind of odd that it happened at this time not only that but i was getting a weird succession of birds flying into the window and some of them either kind of dying on the ground below or, or kind of like being injured and that seemed very odd and along with that i was also getting scratching noises um, now, I wasn't thinking at this point, I wasn't thinking ghosts. I was thinking there's a bat or a mouse or a rat or something in the loft. So, uh, and the loft is uh, English for attic. <laughs> so, um, went up into the loft and just had a look round. And, and the weird thing is, every time I went up into the loft, the scratching stopped, then come, come back down again and the scratching would start again. And the scratching again would, would, would kind of be around when I was kind of like in the, uh, in the uh, coming out of sleep paralysis or coming into kind of like reality from dreaming. Um, so that was kind of very strange and the scratching kept on happening. Um, and I noticed what, what what he- what kept happening with it is just odd experiences and, and odd things kept happening and then it kind of subsided and nothing really happened so whether it kind of got bored or i don't know but it kind of like subsided what really got me into the psychic and the spiritual the reason i went to spiritualist churches is that i actually had a cat that went missing now this is around about 2000 around about that time and uh, i went to go and see a psychic uh, in epping and she was she was really good actually and she told me a lot of things that a were true about myself or things that then subsequently came true in my life uh, that kick started me to kind of watch things like ghost shows and most haunted and and things like that uh, and that then kick started me to things like the spiritualist church um any questions so far, Brandon? I'm probably going, am I, if I'm going too fast, let me know. No, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. I've finished the point, then I got a question for you. I, I just, I like these uh, experiences that you've had. It's great. Now, this is a great foundation. I forgot what the point was, so far away. <laughs> well, right on then. Okay, well, I was going to ask you, uh, are you into cryptids at all, kind of like Bigfoot and, uh, you know, chupacabras and stuff like that? Oh, yes. When... I was on the fe- on the side of the fence that said um, strange stuff could be true, but probably just people's wild imaginations. But I'm telling you what, the more I'm listening to shows of people's experiences, heartfelt experiences where they've seen, I mean, you, you don't really get bears that walk up, right, that look like monkeys, <laughs> as far as I know. Right. And I, I so the answer is yes. It sounds crazy, but there's so much. This world is so not what we think it is. Almost anything is is possible. Is my view on that? Agreed. Completely agreed. We don't know, and it's all possibilities. So, do you think that cryptids are spirits, or spirits are cryptids, or do you think that there's there's a total difference, or that they're connected in any way at all? I definitely think there's a connection. I I think that. We as humans used to categorize things. So we'll put aliens over there. We'll put ghosts over there. We'll put cryptids down there. We'll put flying saucers down there. And, you know, sometimes you'd have the ghost lot that wouldn't really talk to the alien lot and the alien lot really wouldn't talk to the ghost lot. I think it's all connected. And I think what we're talking about is dimensions and realities. And I'll tell you what, when when I saw the first Matrix movie, the the hairs were just going up the back of my neck because the dialogue in the matrix movie i just thought 
that's it the wachowski brothers they know something here and when there was the when there was the discussion of uh the matrix uh, sorry um neo and uh the oracle and and they were talking about programs hacking programs they were talking about so what about vampires and what about aliens what about ghosts and the oracle says it's programs hacking programs um and i think that's exactly what it is yeah I'm a big fan of the interdimensional possibility as well, because Bigfoot could just be in a different dimension and they kind of accidentally, because they're kind of dumb, right? Inherently, they're big goobers. And so they may have wandered into our yard, you know, uh, and then just had to had to get back. And that's why we really don't see them. We don't have bodies or anything like that from the people that have reported it. Uh, and, uh, you know, the same with like a chupacabra or Wendigo or something like that. These things are awesome to me. A rake, like you said, shadow people. I mean, those fall more into the spirit line, but I agree with you that people have had these camps and these ideas that it's like UFOs are separate from paranormal, which are separate from cryptids. And I'm with you. I agree that they're, I believe that they're all connected. I think that it's definitely one thing that's expressing itself in different mediums, right? Exactly, exactly that. And, uh, you know, there's there's the phrase paranormal, which is beyond normal, supernatural. You know, it's, it's super, it's above natural. I think all of these things are natural. We just haven't got an explanation for what they are. I'm with you. It's all science that science hasn't figured out yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And and what's what's quite interesting is that more and more I'm beginning to realize that people who are seeing these cryptids, especially the Sasquatch type things, are also um, seeing things like UFOs and seeing things like uh, aliens and, and spirits as well. And it's, it seems, I'll tell you what, it seems to come in waves. So when you get people that start seeing uh, UFOs, they will then start seeing uh, ghosts and spirits as well. And when you start seeing, uh, when, when people start seeing ghosts and spirits, they might start seeing seeing ufos and ets as well and uh, you've got to wonder who's who's hijacking who are the, are the ghosts and spirits hijacking the, the fact that people have tuned into aliens or um are the aliens ch- uh, hijacking the fact that people are um, tuning into ghosts and spirits i don't know on that on that score or what if it's all our mind creating everything and there's, nothing, <laughs> there's nothing outside it's just us creating all of it this this is this is one of the most mind-blowing scariest thoughts that i've come across because it's not an alien concept to me pardon the pun but if you if you think about it what if what if i'm actually talking to myself when i'm talking to you and what if this whole world this whole universe everything around me literally everything it sounds really egotistical but it's not but it's all based on on my perception of my reality and my universe and what if you're an illusion but then you could say the same what if i'm an illusion and you and when you're talking to me you're talking to yourself as well it's it's just when you go when you start thinking like that it starts melting your mind <laughs> well let's do it i like being mind melted uh, all of those things are true that you just said there's that concept of the egg so you either look at this through a couple of different lenses and i don't really see a massive difference in anything other than definition uh between um spirituality as far as the one experiencing itself subjectively and a simulated reality i don't really have a huge distinction between the two now they're juxtaposition because one of them is completely created by something some entity had to create a simulation it didn't you know, come about, but it's a technological creation. But there's little difference between a technological creation from a civilization and a god or an entity creating an experienced reality, an experiential type participatory reality. There are very little differences between the two. Uh, You know, one created one, one created the other, but one created one through technology. But who's to say that what God creates our reality through is not technology also? So you can go down these long, deep paths with this kind of understanding. And and to think then about if it is a, either a spiritual experience or a simulation, either one, uh, then it would it would hold true that what you're experiencing is is for you. I mean, it's just, it, you're all that's here. You know, there's nothing else here. You're me, I'm you. I'm a program telling you what you just wanted to hear based on something <laughs> that you said. You're a program that I'm talking to. There's no distinction between the two. And if time is not an issue, right? That time is infinite to an infinite being, then why wouldn't it create this situation to be this immersive, this in depth? Yeah, I mean, this. I, I believe that this reality is meant to be a playground for consciousness. Agreed. So it is kind of like God having fun with itself, you know. Agreed. And um, Alex Jones, he's very controversial, but I do, I do like Alex. Uh, whatever people say about him, he, he, he actually said something on the spiritual that was really um, intriguing. He said that God knows everything except where God came from. Um, 
and I think that's pretty. The more you think about that, you more the more I think that's exactly how it is. I think this God uh, entity, this this creative force, knows absolutely everything. So, when we're talking about psychics and mediums, what I think they are doing is tapping into almost like a universal Google. That's the best way I can because I I, I do readings myself. I do tarot and psychic and mediumship myself. Yeah, it's like what the Akashic records are. Say again. The Akashic records, that's Googling. It's like everything, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, what I, what the reason I think psychics and mediums tap into it and can tap into it is because they have found a way to link to, as you say, the Akashic record, to the God mind, to the God consciousness, to the universal information field. And they are simply getting information and presenting it to people. And I, I, I think that's exactly what's going on. And I think kind of psychics and mediums have, have worked out how to do it. And I think they've been suppressed through the ages to try and stop certain information from getting out. So certain controlling groups religious or science groups um, can maintain their control because uh, if mediums and psychics do their thing, what is the point of religion? What's the point of the third person kind of thing? Um, there's, there's something I'd like people to go and look at. It's a film that's quite old now, but it's something called uh, What the Bleep Do We Know? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that or not. Yeah, I have. There's some controversy with the director, the creator, that uh, movie being like a uh, like it was all bullshit and that he was... Um in a cult or something like that. There's some weird, it's, it's got kind of a tainted element to it, but there's a couple of schools of thought on that. Maybe he was just what they say that he was, or maybe he was onto something and therefore they discredit him. Like how people get child porn found on their computers and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. After, you know, they've been accused of something or start speaking out all of a sudden, those people have a way of going away. So maybe that's what happened with that movie, but it was, it was very interesting. All the quantum physics stuff in it. I got a lot out of the film, whether it's controversial or not like you, I took something from it. Yeah, and I, I think, you know what, it's the message that's important. So, for instance, I would say that every belief system and every religion uh, probably has some degree of validity to it, but that's no reason to kind of dismiss the whole lot. So, for instance, uh, you know, Christianity, Jesus says, love thy neighbor. OK, fine. But it also says it's a sin if you wear mixed cloth. So if you've got a poly cotton jumper on, then you're committing a sin, which I think is insane. And I think it's bullshit. It is both of those things, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's it's. You, it's a pick and mix really and with the what the bleep uh do we do we know thing i've i it's this is news to me about the cult thing but who knows maybe even if it was like a cult thing that he was part of how do we know that there aren't, aren't some elements of truth within that christianity was um viewed as a cult uh when it first came to europe and indeed britain britain was pagan way back in you know a thousand years ago whatever it was uh and christianity was viewed as a cult and then it kind of took over and became the the, the running um, dominant religion some people still think it's a cult in a way yeah i mean there, there certainly are cult elements of it but then what is a cult you know yeah i mean define a cult first of all if, if it's a, a um a, a series of of questionable beliefs within any any religion is that really yeah or people that get together regularly to play basketball or to play video yeah. games it, it falls under the same description right yeah, yeah. And even, dare we say it, the C word, uh, the elements of the COVID situation that were a bit cultish. Oh, oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, mass ritual, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was an occult ritual for sure. That continues, and it's interesting. Um, so let me ask you this. I, I was curious about um, w when we talk about cryptids, UFOs, and everything, and how it's all mixed together, do you think that we're going to find out uh, what, what all this stuff is or what it's all about? Here's the slightly disappointing thing. I used to kind of think that when you when you pass over, when your physical body dies and you go into the spirit world, whatever that is, you then become privy to all information. You know everything that is. But I'm kind of like realizing that actually sometimes spirit don't know it all. And so there are things in the spirit world that they don't know. And so we could we could carry all of the questions that we have about cryptids and Sasquatch and everything into the spirit world. And we would still not know and we would still have to go other levels up to find out. And but maybe, do you know what, maybe, Brandon, maybe that's the whole point of the mystery element. If we knew everything, wouldn't that be like a killjoy factor? It's, it's like going to watch The Matrix, but um, being told the entire script or kind of like what happened uh, beforehand. My thoughts, um, exactly. I, I think, yeah, 
I think we consciously make a choice not to know something. Whether we'll find out about these things, I think we find out as we go along. And I, I think that if you get abducted by aliens, then you know that aliens are real. If you see a Sasquatch, then you know Sasquatch is real. You know, this this says it though, right? I mean, you've hit on, you know, you've just kind of breezed over it, but you hit on a very massive concept, right? Because you don't understand something until you observe or experience it. You know, we could be told all day, you know, that whatever, that this reality is what they say it is, that we went to the moon the way that they say that we did. We can be told that, um, you know, history is the way that it is when there's some other ideas out there like Tatari or the mud flood. I had Max Egan on. Have you ever heard of that guy? I have, yes, I have heard oh, of Max Egan. He was so yeah. cool, man. It was a great conversation because I love the mud flood. I love that concept of a hidden history and the fact or the the idea that like the Dark Ages never existed. They were just a part that they had to fill in missing time because the we're actually in 7,000 instead of 2,000 or something like that. You know, we're history is off. Now, these kind of ideas are interesting to me because who's to say what's real and what's not except for you and your observation? You can be told something, but that doesn't make it real for you. You can even be told that something horrible will happen to you. And then when nothing horrible happens to you, let's say you go ride a motorcycle and somebody's like, oh, you're going to wreck or something and you don't. Well, then your reality is that that person is incorrect and maybe that you, you're you not going to wreck. You know what I mean? Because it's based on your observation. And then it's just confidence, right? And confidence is just a series of successes. If you walk outside enough and you see the flat earth, you're going to say that the earth is flat. If you, you know, <laughs> look into it a little bit, you're going to say they have some compelling stuff and you're going to say that, well, the only reason that I believe that the earth is a ball or a globe is because somebody told me, not not because that's my experience of it. So it, it is interesting, man. I, I love things like this. So um, talk to me about some proper woo-woo, man. You you mentioned it earlier. I'm ready for some damn woo-woo. Okay. Woo. Let's do it. Right. Let's go uh, into some more woo-woo. So year 2000, I was going into, this, into the spiritualist churches and doing development circles and getting quite good at it. I was really enjoying it and it was coming thick and fast. Some people were, uh, were progressing fairly slowly. You know, what does the color red to you uh, mean to you? And I was getting things like names and dates and places and describing people's houses and relatives and that kind of thing. Um, so I was on the fast track. I enjoyed it so much. I then started going on the Internet. This is the very, very early days of kind of like chat rooms and things like that psychic chat rooms started doing um, kind of readings for people for free no money involved i just did it for fun and i was spending quite a lot of hours doing this the more i was doing it i call it the psychic gym because the more i was doing it the more the psychic muscle was getting bigger and bigger and um yeah, I then I, I then started kind of having thoughts about, I wonder if you could remote view places like Area 51, <laughs> things like that, um, which I think is kind of like a slightly dangerous thing to do uh, for anyone kind of like into the psychic realm, because I, there's reasons for that. Um, so when I was when I was doing readings for people, I then started noticing odd things. I, so as I say, two o'clock in the morning, I'd be watching TV, be usually most haunted, and I'd notice the helicopter noises, as I say. And and, and this was kind of like a succession of nights. It'd be like five nights in a row, these helicopter noises. As well as that, I was getting people following me. Um, if, I, if, if I was like running or jogging, which I uh, did a, a lot of, people would be flashing their headlights or they'd be shouting abuse out of the window <laughs> at me. Um, now it was odd because okay Pete, lads do do that oh it went oh, and all this kind of thing but it, it just <laughs> kept happening um, and then i would notice when i was driving i would have people tailgating me and i would also have people flashing their headlights at me and it was also in both directions and this wasn't just a couple of times it was again and again and again and again and it was flashing headlights it was to the point where i, um, I got home and i was looking at my all, all testing all of my lights testing my indicators testing my headlights testing my brake lights testing my rear lights everything's fine I, oh, no punctures what the bloody hell are they what why are they doing this even cars coming towards me flashing their headlights what the bloody hell is going on then i started getting weird telephone noises so uh, on my telephone and it's my old telephone but there's this weird noise that it was making like a and like a high pitch like it's squeak like a like a high pitch squeaking then do that then, last one uh, say again brandon give me that last one again second Squeak is like a. It's, it's really hard to kind of like. It's like a squeak, but it's high pitch. Yeah, kind of like your smoke squeak. detectors going out. Like a battery's low yes. on your smoke. De- okay. Yes. Yes. Was like your that. smoke detector going out? No, it's the telephone. Okay. Ruled that out. It's something else. Okay. Yeah, we've got smoke detectors. Uh, those have gone off in the past. Uh, that's another story. But this was this was the telephone. It's quite a distinct noise. Distinct noise, and it was higher pitch than the smoke detector. Um, 
I also then started getting weird phone calls. So I would get phone calls where nobody was there. I was getting phone calls where it was just dead. Um, I get phone calls where, again, this noise was like... And we got to the point where we we're phoning BT, which is British Telecom, to find out if they were testing the lines or if there's a fault with the line. No, nothing, no testing going on. All, everything's fine. Um, now, can we rule out that this was Neil messing with you? Neil oh, Gavis I didn't know Neil at that co-host. point. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know Neil. <laughs> and I don't know, he's, he's never pranked me before. But no, um, I met Neil in around about 2010-ish. So okay. this, the, the woo-woo stuff is about 2000. Um, and I, I don't know how anyone would replicate the noises. I mean, they could, but it was just odd. Um, I also did get one death threat, which I just laughed at. <laughs> really? Okay, what yeah. was that like? That was literally, again, it was about two o'clock in the morning and I got this phone call and says, I'm going to kill you. That was it? <laughs> um, yeah, that was it. And I just said, oh, that's nice. I just hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say why? Did they know you? I mean, anything? No. Nope. Just nope. I'm going to kill uh, you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I t- took it as a prank. At this point, I did actually have my number in the yellow pages. Um, so it could have been, there could have been pranksters, but this wasn't kind of, oh, we're going to kill you and then laughing in the background. This was just completely dead, per- dead, dead, deadpan. One person, male, just very kind of like casually saying, I'm going to kill you. Can you track the number back? Or do you guys have the ability to do that? You can call your phone company and say, hey, at this time we received a call. Uh, there's something called 1471, uh, which I tried and nothing. Um, you, you can block it. You can you can dial something like uh, what is it one two one five one or something. Something blocks blocks you from doing that. Get this. It gets weirder. It gets weirder. So one of the other calls, two other odd calls. One of them was again two or three o'clock in the morning, and it sounded like the best thing I can say. It sounded like a either a transsexual person or like a, a trans person saying, um, "Hi, Andy. I want a reading with you." It sounded kind of like a male who's pretending to be female. But there was two of them, and they were kind of like, "Oh, please, we're really horny. We want a reading from you." That was definitely again, Neil. <laughs> it could well have been Neil. Um, so that so that was an odd one. Um, and what was the other one? The, the the one that was more odd than that was there was somebody that phoned up and he was like really really hyper and he was kind of like oh man the government are listening to us and they're they're listening to us they're they're doing everything they can to kind of like follow us like the the government they're in our minds they've got like satellites that can go into our minds man and like i'm into the conspiracy and the psychic woo woo but this is this sounded like somebody who had mental problems or was kind of like uh, psychotic or you know schizophrenic or something like that so um I, i wasn't rude or anything i didn't tell him to f off i just said oh okay that's nice but what was weird was the coincidence of it. He'd phoned my number. Why did he phone my number? Um, and he was talking about lots of conspiratorial woo-woo stuff that I now believe in, <laughs> but didn't at the time. I, he, we then kind of ended the conversation, and I did do 1471, and it did go through to psychiatric unit. I spoke to a nurse, and I said, I, I don't suppose this is a psychiatric unit, is it? And she goes, yeah, it is. And I go, oh, uh, I think one of your patients uh, called me. Now, what what is quite interesting is why did that particular patient particularly call me? Yeah. Out of all, all the telephone numbers, all the people, that had, was it just randomly punching numbers in? Did somebody prompt him to call that? Did he find my number from somewhere? That's an odd one. Um. I, I, I just, I, it's, it, there's, there's, do you know, the more I'm thinking about it, the more woo-woo stuff I can think of. Please. What else you got? Okay. So I should really kind of have these as a bit of a timeline. Um, <laughs> You're good, man. Just keep shooting them out. <laughs> some of the most intriguing things I found on other podcasts are people talking about reality glitches or things that seem bloody impossible that, that happen anyway. Um, so one particular time was what I call the cinema incident. So there's a group of us, uh, that used to go a group of lads. We used to go to the cinema quite regularly, um, more or less every weekend at one point to see films. Fantastic. So we pile into my friend's car, a little, um, uh, uh, polo <laughs> Volkswagen polo. We're going off to Stevenage, which is a, um, a town in England, uh, just above London and nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, um, and it, this was kind of like summertime. It was light. And we came across this very slow moving car and it was on the left hand side. And I said, uh, oh, just overtake this. Come on. We, we need to see the film. Overtake this. We overtake it. And I kid you not, 
I looked over and there was no one driving it. Nuh-uh. And I thought, could it be a little old lady? Is she kind yeah, of like doing down. this? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, 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 I just, and it was right here. The car was right next to us. I looked over and I kid you not, there was nobody bloody driving it nobody driving it we overtook it and and my friend in front because i was in the back my friend in front turned around and says did you see that and i said yeah there was no one driving that was there now was it a prank was it a tv show was it and this was way before self-driving cars so i know kind of like i think it's tesla or whoever it is are doing ai self-driving cars this was around about 2003 2004 ish um way before that could it be a prank could it become someone with a remote control that's driving it and kind of like a, a prank tv show but you'd expect it to be on some kind of tv show no it's a ghost, bro england you guys got a ton of them over there they just drive cars around they're, they're just doing everything yeah and it, it just seems so out of place because it was so slow uh like the the speed limit along the stretch was 40 miles an hour this must have been doing about 20 miles an hour everyone was overtaking it i have no explanation i don't expect people to believe it they don't have to all i can say is hand on heart i would happily take a lie detector test and swear on it um now i i, I mentioned that because uh, there are some people in in other podcasts also mentioning these reality glitches where things impossible happen that shouldn't happen like somebody was talking about seeing a sasquatch and ufos out in the country and they said they were on this boat and this boat came towards them and there was no one driving the boat and then it sped off again now 25 years ago 30 years ago i would call that person absolutely nuts but now i'm thinking you know what we don't know what's going on in this reality yeah we don't know what's going on landed by um, sea stuff's just driving itself around that's crazy man well, it is it's nuts and i know it's nuts and i know it sounds nuts it well it sounds interesting i mean it sounds cool it <laughs> sounds like just another one of those anomalies out here that we can't explain that we love talking about and so that's totally awesome man so what is like the craziest ghost story that you've ever heard like from anybody ever not your own whatever just crazy ass ghost story because i know you get bombarded with them being in the doing the work you do <laughs> so hard because i've seen honestly i'm i'm addicted to podcasts on 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 ghosts and paranormal stuff so i hear so many i i just know that it's so prevalent and that it's i think it's actually the norm but people don't want to admit it's the norm because there are so many out there and once people get to know what i do they they will open up to me um the most craziest the most far out I guess we would probably have to look at uh, some of the most famous cases, like the Amateurville cases, the Enfield poltergeist, um, the Conjuring. Um, interestingly, I know, I know, I read a report that for the filming of the Conjuring, they've had a lot of woo-woo things, and they said it was it took a lot of time for the cast and crew to get the film out of their heads. Really? Like um, when when they went back after filming and kind of like in between filming, it's is because the thing is, what I believe is when you focus on things things happen okay so during the filming of the exorcist they actually had to bring in an actual exorcist yeah because weird things were going off uh, for the filming of the poltergeist lots of people died during and after the filming of the poltergeist and lots of paranormal weird things happened and i think it's when you've got a collective group of people focusing on one theme or subject area that can open doors to things happening and so um it's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating because everyone that's uh, filming for the, the exorcist and filming for the, the poltergeist and really getting into their roles, they're focused on that aspect of the paranormal. And I think that certain entities from the paranormal jump on that Hell yeah. and, and, and ride with it. Damn, that's cool. I, I love the concept of ghosts. And so what do, you, what do you think all of it's all about? What do you think that the spirits are here to do? Do you think that if it's not a projection of our mind, which we can't rule out, right? Then what do you think their purpose is? Do you think they're just bored and here to mess with us? Or do you think that they have some wisdom to bring? Or do you think that there's a one brush we can paint them all with? I think all of the above. I, I think uh, there's a phrase, isn't there, as above, so below. So you can get really wonderful, spiritual, amazing, gifted people, but you can also get Adolf Hitler and Stalin. And I think that's exactly the case in the spirit world. I think you could tune into some wonderful masters and guides and people who give you fantastic advice. And you could also tune into demonic entities that want to kill you. Um, and I, I, I think one thing that kind of distinguishes uh, what I found personally, the, the, the good from the bad, so to speak, 
They're good. Um, they don't massage your ego. They're usually very funny. There's a lot of humour. Um, there's a lot of dry wit and sarcastic humour, but in, in, in a well-meaning way. And I don't know if people watch, uh, if your audience are aware of Daryl Anker and Bashar. Um, I, I quite like Daryl Anker and I quite like Bashar. Again, it's controversial, um, but I, I, I think like things on a positive, upbeat um kind of uh, way can be quite uh, on the light side of things when you get things that are dark these are ones that kind of like massage your ego tell you that you're going to save the world uh, or you need to do this or you need to do that there's a lot of theories that hitler was actually influenced by demonic beings or dark entities i mean he started out as like a landscape painter <laughs> in austria uh, you know how, how do you go from watercolors to mass murder but um uh, he took the self-esteem he has a lack of self-esteem yeah yeah that's exactly it the the dark side will will play on your ego and they will slowly manipulate you and when it when it gets to it like a crescendo um you get things like the aztec murders where the the aztec uh, uh, high priests would be murdering twenty thousand people in one go um, and this is talking to their star gods, their space gods. And you talk about child sacrifice, uh, you know, uh, in pagan or druidic times. And it was it was all over everywhere you go. Every culture seems to be doing kind of like these sacrifices and these murders. And I don't think that darkness has ever gone away, but I think it changes form. And so when we get people like Hitler coming along, I think he it was absolutely swept up with evil and darkness. And I think that behind Hitler is a deep, dark, destructive, the opposite of of god force um and it manifests with hitlerism it manifests with stalinism it manifests with uh, communism um and i think it hasn't finished yet i think it's an ongoing thing you know an interesting idea that i had re- or that i heard recently this is not mine but um i i find it fascinating is that that the earth is a spirit right like the earth is a living entity and a spirit which is not too far removed from what we all understand anyway mother gaia. earth right yeah gaia absolutely but that um something happened and the satanic force that's here is actually the spirit of another planet that was roaming around that didn't have its planet anymore because it got destroyed you may say you know um Marduk, what is the planet in between the uh, Jupiter and Mars that's now the asteroid belt that got destroyed? Uh, is this you know, the Nibiru thing? Was it something else? Yeah, it's it's related to that uh, Tiamat. That's it. I I just okay. Anyway, Tiamat. That's that's the uh, idea, right? So anyway, it was basically a planet that got destroyed that was roaming around that needed a place to go, and it came here. So that is what it is. There's like a dual nature, you know, a good spirit which is Gaia or Mother Earth, and then a bad spirit here that's Satan that's here to heal. And so Mother Earth is letting it heal here. It gets very woo-woo, right? But that's the point, and that's why we have all of the horrible, evil things that we have here. There are planets out in our solar system and in our universe and other universes, galaxies, whatever, that are perfect, that don't have the same kind of conflicts that we have here. And they have just the infinite ability to grow and to thrive and love, and it's all beautiful and sunshine and puppy dogs and stuff. But it's uh, we're only in the situation we're in because that you know the satanic planet that was around that got destroyed needed a place to go, and that's why we have all that we have here is the idea. And uh, I just found it pretty interesting. I think it's kind of cool. If you look at everything's connected, everything's spirit, why wouldn't planets, I mean, if plants... Uh, animals, all those things have the essence of consciousness, you know, the supreme, the unity consciousness within it. Why wouldn't a planet do the same? And therefore other planets and moons and things like that have basically spirit attachment entities that they manifest in reality as a planet, right? It's pretty cool. I like the idea. Yeah, totally. And I, I would um, bounce people in the directions of Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh, who I believe uh, you've had on your show. Um, the, the the bottom line is that in, in order for good and love to experience itself as such, it needs the polar opposite. Um, but in, a, in the big, big, big sense, in a big, big, big sense, even the evil guys and the bad guys might actually be working for the good because at the end of the day, all of the actors come up on stage and take a bow and we say, good job, guys. Well, done for that acting exactly yeah yeah and i i think the um coupled with that so that's the big big reality um, type thing in the slightly smaller reality have you heard of this concept that the the demonic realm um on this planet apparently is that these beings whatever they were were originally the custodians of this planet so whatever beings they might have kind of like manifested themselves physically or etherically these demonic beings were kind of like originally here on planet earth for some reason another race came along 
and kind of like uh, overtook them or booted them out into a different dimension and then plonked humans here. So there's a theory why they hate humans is because they feel like they feel unjustly kind of like booted off this planet. I don't know if you've come across that. Con- Damn, that no, but it makes sense. I mean, I could think of what, what you know, Americans did to the Native Americans that were here. We do that. Uh, you do that to everywhere, right? You go in and colonization. That's what it's all about is taking somebody else's land and then making it your own and then you know, who gives a shit what happens to them, right? That's the idea. Uh, so why wouldn't that happen in the spirit realm? It makes complete sense. And then, of course, they would be here haunting the planet and haunting us. It's kind of like when you move into a haunted house and there's ghosts there that live there. They're like, no, 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 this is my house, right? Beetlejuice, man, that was the whole damn yep. thing. It's like this, you know, <laughs> get the hell out of my house type deal, right? And then they eventually found love and, and all became friends, which is wonderful. I, I like the idea. I think it's fascinating, man. So... um. I tell you what, man, we'll, we'll probably wrap it up here and then save some of the stories for another time, but I'd love to have you back on. I need to get you and Neil both back on, man. Um, you guys are wonderful. Neil, get a sword, of course, we've had on the show, and now I'm grateful to complete the set of the Paranormal Peep Show with <laughs> Andy Chaplin. Andy, uh, tell the folks where they can find you, man, and then we'll uh, we'll call it, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Brandon. There, there are many more stories we'll get into later, but uh, I would bounce people towards uh, the Paranormal Peep Show uh, on Facebook uh, and also tuned in events. So my little kind of like psychic group that do readings and that kind of thing, events and stuff, uh, tuned in events. I've recently done some uh, TV filming actually for um, a, a ITV show which will air in September called Midsummer Murders. So that'd be quite interesting. Um, so if there's any uh, TV people looking for uh, psychic themes that would be kind of an interesting one as well but yeah that's all i can think of for the moment yeah and you just got picked up for that but it turns out you really are a psychic medium which is pretty cool yeah yeah this is what was interesting about it uh so i i got that job uh from a friend of mine who's a psychic she knows the producer of the show and he wanted uh he wanted to create a psychic fair it's it's all it's all very kind of like tongue-in-cheek i absolutely loved it um fantastic location and he he wanted like a psychic fair and he thought we were just kind of like actors that just bring along kind of props and stuff. Um, but it turns out that we are kind of like real psychic comedians. Once the, <laughs> the staff and the crew and, and some of the actors uh, got wind of that, then they were kind of like, oh, can you do us a reading? So we ended up doing a, a few little readings for some uh, uh, some of the, the, the crew and uh, uh, actors. So that was quite, quite fun. Oh, cool. Well, when that comes out, send me a link, man. I'll pass it around. That's pretty cool. That's exciting. Well, Andy, I can't thank you enough, brother. I'll be linking all the ways to find you down in the show notes. And thank you so much, my friend. We will do it again soon, man. Fantastic. Cheers. Thanks. I want to give a huge shout out and a special thanks to Andy for joining us on the show today. Uh, guy is fascinating. Make sure that you check out the links below to be able to find him and his show, The Paranormal Peep Show, which is very, very cool. It's done over there with Neil Geddes Ward, of course, uh, and uh, both great guys, man. I mean, you couldn't meet nicer guys that are into some cooler stuff. So go check that out for sure. Uh, also, while you're checking things out, uh, this show can be found at expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where the links to all of the socials if you want to see the YouTube version of any of these shows. Uh, There's a whole video element to this that you guys should take advantage of. Uh, Check that out for sure. Patreon's over there. All the good stuff is uh, there. It's one central hub for everything. So, uh, big thanks again to Andy. While you guys are running around your week this week, uh, look for some litter to pick up. Don't litter in the first place. Get out of that left-hand lane. Of course, that is a pain in the ass, so thank you all for doing that. And uh, just go out into the world, guys, and just be good to one another. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.